morning. Good morning. morning. The worst thing about this ugly Christmas sweater is the fact that I bought it for Mary. <laughs> about 20 years ago, that seemed like a really good idea to me. <sighs> you know, you see the kind of thing she's been putting up with. See... Amid the winter's snow, born for us on earth below. See, the gentle lamb appears, promised from eternal years. Such a peaceful kind of picture that it draws, isn't it? We've had some of that. O little town of Bethlehem vibe. Right, We've, We had uh, Matthew talk about in the bleak midwinter when frosty wind made moan, earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. Snow was falling snow on snow, snow on snow. In the bleak midwinter, long, long ago. There's a little problem with this. Dave, do you have that? All right. Um, yeah. So, um, so, so this is the weather forecast for Israel this week. As you can see, the low on uh, Thursday, the twenty-fifth, is uh, is forty-two. Uh, so they're not going to be having any snow. It is very rare that there is snow in Israel at all. Uh, when it happens, it's sort of like a hundred-year event. Um, and December 25th is the day we celebrate Christmas because it's the day we celebrate Christmas, not because somebody has Jesus' birth certificate and found out that it was on December 25th. <laughs> Depending on whom you ask, depending on how you think this may have gone down. If you look back in the astronomical charts and you find out the appearance of Halley's Comet or the, uh, uh, what do they call it, the confluence of when, when Jupiter and Saturn and Mars are all together in the sky, that happened like in 7 BC. Halley's Comet was 12 BC. Uh, there was something else that could have happened around 4 BC. Uh, and, and the reason the B.C. and A.D. is off is because there was this guy named Dennis the Short, who was also Dennis the Bad at Math, um, who, who worked out the calendar and, and miscalculated. Uh, so we're pretty confident Jesus died around 30 A.D., which would have meant that if he was, had a 33-year ministry, if he were born around 4 or 3, that would have worked. But if people didn't necessarily keep track of age so carefully back then, Hallmark was not around to sell birthday cards to people. So as a result, and if you look at when these astronomical events may have happened, that was probably more like late February, early March. 
probably there was not any snow on the ground at the time. Sorry if that wrecks it for you. But probably there was not snow. Now, I mean, it would have been cold, right, if it was in the wintertime. I mean, especially at night, it can get cold there. But it was probably not the kind of scene that we necessarily think of when we, who are here in North America, think about Christmas. Now, I'm not entirely sure that this is an awful thing. And I, I, I think I have grown to be less curmudgeonly about this over the years. The fact is, for us, in our culture, when we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Christmas in our culture. We celebrate Christmas as people who are North Americans, and so we have always come to associate Christmas with the snow, with the eggnog, with the crunch of holiday concerts at school, in my case, it seems like perpetually with being sick after having worn myself out writing exams and papers, there is the association with the holiday that we develop over, over time, uh, and we develop it in the cultural context that we live in. So in Australia, Christmas is not associated with snow because in Australia right now, it's the middle of summer. Right? Um, by the way, you may have heard that they're, it was bad enough that they did it in the first place, but now they've remade that. Uh, US, was it USA for Africa? Uh, feed the world, let them know it's Christmas time. Right? Do they know? Yeah, remember the, the lyrics? It, it, there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. The greatest gift they'll get this year is that, which right away is just really offensive. Uh, do they know it's Christmas after all? Well, actually, Africa is the most Christianized continent on the world. So they're quite aware, thank you, that it is Christmas time. <laughs> but in the only parts of America that get snow, it's summertime. So uh, I guess unless you're up on the top of Kilimanjaro, you're probably not going to be dealing with any snow. So that's their context. But for us, we think about it the way we think about it. And again, that may not be such a bad thing because after all, the whole idea with these holidays, these holy days, is that they are about the presence and the activity of Christ now. All the holidays are about Jesus. right? Easter, we recollect his resurrection from the dead we celebrate the fact that his resurrected life is something that we get to be participating in now. Right? At Christmas, we celebrate the fact that Jesus, having been born, having been incarnated, is present with us now, and that life is as it is now because of what had happened. Think about it this way. So, when we celebrate Wanda's birthday, are we celebrating the fact that at some point, 29 years ago, <clears throat> Wanda went through the process that we all went through in some fashion when she was born? Or are we celebrating the fact that she is with us now? Right? I mean, we, we, like when we celebrate somebody's birthday, we're not really thinking back to the actual birthing process. Maybe, maybe if her mother would recollect that, 
with some alarm, but the rest of us are thinking about Wanda now. We're thinking about the fact that she is with us now. That's why we celebrate her birthday. We celebrate the fact that things are as they are now because she was born. When we celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday or when we celebrate one of the president's birthdays, we are not so much celebrating the fact that at some point they came into the world. We're celebrating the fact that because they did that and because they did the things that they did throughout their lives, our lives are different. Our lives are the way they are now. In the same way that if we, we celebrate uh, some holiday on somebody's death, we're not celebrating the fact that they got killed. We're celebrating the fact that they, by their lives, and in some cases by the way that they died, made things different for us. So maybe it's not such a bad thing that when we think about the fact that we celebrate Christmas in December in North America when it's cold and sometimes snowing, that we associate it with the holly and the ivy and all that nonsense. Maybe it's not so bad. Because Christmas is about the fact that Jesus is really present now. And that because he was born, things are different. But I have to say, the fact that he is present now is only true and only possible because the incarnation happened, right? Beginning of the letter to the Hebrews, the author says, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Now, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So what the author of Hebrews is saying here, is that God has been active in his relationship with his people. That there are things that God has done along the way that made things different somehow. When God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, he revealed something, and because of that, what his people knew was different. When God spoke to Abraham, and God made a covenant with Abraham, He established a relationship with Abraham that wasn't there before. He established a relationship not only with Abraham, but as we learn later, with all of his descendants, both his physical descendants, the nation of Israel, and his spiritual descendants, those who have the kind of faith that he had in the one true God of Israel. But that only happens now because something happened back then. Let me read this again. Just look at all all the words that refer to something happening. In the past, the very beginning, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. 
So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. You've got at least a half a dozen words and some sort of a past tense in that, just four verses. There are things that happened, the writer of Hebrews is telling us. There are things that are done. And because of those things, things now are as they are. But they wouldn't be if these things had not happened. Our faith is an historic faith. Our faith is rooted in the fact not just that we are presently experiencing Jesus among us, but in the fact that we can say that and we can experience that because there are things that happened in the past. The the Christmas Carol, See Amid the Winter Snow, may not be as familiar to some of you. I I wasn't familiar with it uh, until I heard it on an album a few years ago. And, And I heard it as it turns out, the, the Christmas after I went to visit uh, Israel. And I was so struck by the refrain of that song, Sing Throughout Jerusalem, Christ is Born in Bethlehem. Hail the ever blessed morn, hail redemption's happy dawn. I mean, that, that's nice, but sing throughout Jerusalem. Christ is born in Bethlehem. These are real places. Some of you have had the opportunity to go there. When I heard these words, I could picture in my mind Jerusalem. It looks different than it did then, but it's the same place. It's the same real estate. Bethlehem is a town just a couple miles south of Jerusalem. It's there. It really is. Somewhere there or in that zip code, Jesus was born. Somewhere in or around the places that historically have been identified in Jerusalem, Jesus died and was buried and rose again. These things happened. We are not just having a religious experience when we worship, when we have fellowship when we celebrate the Eucharist together, we take communion. This is not just about some feeling that we have, although that's there. And it's an experience that we're having, whether we feel it or not. But what we are doing is we are affirming that these things are as they are because something happened. Something happened. And nothing was the same since. The people who wrote the New Testament were convinced that in his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus changed the course of cosmic history. They would not have gone to the trouble they went to if they hadn't believed that. That's the message that they teach. And it's the message that we hold to, that because Jesus was born... And because he died and was raised from the dead, that he is present with us, not in the sense that we have fond recollections of him, or that we think about him, or that, well, it's like he's here with us. No. We believe that he is truly here with us, that he has called his church together to be his people, and that he has enlisted us 
to be his agents of cosmic reconciliation. We really believe that. We really believe that this stuff happened and that nothing's the same because of it. We're about to celebrate communion, and when we, when we do that, we do something that God's people have been doing for 2,000 years because Jesus told us to. He said, whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. In traditions other than ours that follow a certain set liturgy, there are certain things that are said every time communion is celebrated. Our Anglican friends will say, we celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father. And this expresses that idea, I think. We celebrate now the memorial of our redemption. We can celebrate now because we remember that this happened then. And our redemption, in a sense, happened right then. Happened when Jesus died for our sins on the cross. But then there's a sense also in which it's something that we're working out now and something that we will one day know in full. Communion does have past, present, and future aspects to it. When we celebrate together the memorial of our redemption, we're recalling all of that. I love the fact that this morning we, we read together the, the song of Zechariah. Because this, this goes all the way back. This is not new. This is the way God has been operating. When, when Zechariah, John the Baptist's dad, when he prophesied, he says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, just like he promised to his holy prophets that he would long ago. He promised us salvation from our enemies. He promised us salvation from the hand of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers. He promised to remember his holy covenant, that oath that he swore to our father Abraham. He promised to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, and he promised to do that so that we could serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness all our days. And now Zechariah is saying, God has put these plans in motion. He is making good on his promises. This is what he does. He acts through real people in real history and in real time. And he's continuing to do, to do so. He's continuing to do so through us, and we get to be part of it. So with that in mind, will you join me in celebrating the memorial of our redemption? You stand up, and with the faithful churches throughout the ages, we will affirm our faith as it's laid out in the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. 
For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory. To